Welcome back to Cargumentative, a show where vigorous men puckering from excessive sour worm consumption talk about cars, motors, and all things automotive. I'm Thomas Faulkner, back from the Sunday Times. Oh, I'm Mark Paluta. Thanks for having us back, Tom. I'm Mike Salomon, and welcome back, Tom. We missed you. Oh, that's what you say. No, we really did. Mm. Yeah, it just wasn't the same without you. Not even close. That's good to hear. Nadav? No, I'm Nadav Ravid. Um, <laughs> we're glad to have you back. I, I won't need to impersonate you today. Um, yeah, we have good. the real deal, everyone. The professional is back. The preferred, the preferred, preferred, professional. Preferred, preferred, preferred professional. Preferred professional. Yeah, there we go. Getting all tongue-tied tonight. Um, so as we all know, this is the news section of the show. And um, I, I've just got to start this off because it's, it makes me excited. And oh it's God. not going to make you excited. That's, that's why it's so <laughs> it's cool. Related, it though. is, actually. Ah, jeez, er, Earlier this week, I went for lunch with Toyota. And they used that lunch to unveil the new Toyota Prius. Creek, creek. Very cool. <laughs> so, like, you know, the Mark Three Toyota Prius, which which was kind of quite aggressive in the front and had those weird lights in the back. Mm. Hold, hold, hold on. There's only been one version. Yeah, they've only ever made one Prius. Yeah. No, I actually no, no, went no, for no. a driving one haven't, no. as an Uber. Oh, an Uber. I, I was meant once in a taxi one. Yeah, this is this is the fourth no, generation no, it's not facelift. It's the same one. It's not the same one. Wait, what they've is the one? one? No. What have they changed? The fourth generation it came out no. in 2015 and it had those weird lights at the back which everybody Yes, hated. that's what it still has. No, it doesn't. They've, had, they've now gone horizontal. Oh, wow. So they've moved oh from being God. angled That's They've really moved it on, huh? Yeah. It's I know someone who owns a Prius. I would own a Prius. Are I you actually looked at you How can you be friends with someone who owns a Prius? He's, he's a good man. He's a, an old mentor of mine. He's, um, he's getting on. Did, he, did um, he buy it because he's like wants to do it in like the Californian? I'm saving the planet. I think so. Way. He's got a bit of an eco bent on him. Um, he, he, remarkably, he doesn't he doesn't actual commute from sort of Auckland Park to Santon. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets two point eight to three point one yeah. liters per hundred. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, but in real world, he yeah. actually does. It isn't the it problem is with the problem with the Prius is. When people went and, and actually analyzed a Prius and said, what is the carbon footprint of this car to get it to the point that it's now economical? Yeah. The batteries are manufactured, where was it? Canada. The cars manufactured in Japan. Yep. The shipping of the parts to get Ooh, them. You're opening up a can of no, worms. No, no, and and that's, because that's really true of all electric cars. But I think from what, I, what no, I remember. No, not necessarily. Is yes. that, wasn't yes. there a test on, on, on a rival TV show? Um, that uh, rival to rival to show. Show. Yeah. That, uh, rival to us. We will not rival mention the name. Yeah. Yeah. They are um, our rivals. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, an M three against yes. the Prius. And and the thing is is that when you're when you're pressing on, so if you're gonna drive it yeah. and I suspect he's he's using path throttle to keep it in electric mode. If yeah. you actually get it into petrol mode, it ends up being like similar fuel economy to a normal yeah. car. Because it's still heavy and you yeah. still have to push it quite a bit with its little motor to get it to go anywhere. All I can say is that I, when I went to Opie Copy for the first time in my life, when I was in my band, back in the reckless days. And you were a musician. Yeah, I, I took the Prius I thought you were to Opie Copy. I, I thought was. you were a drummer. I hang out with musicians. Yeah, yeah. yeah very funny. Um, <laughs> and oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I, wow. I think I Old averaged like 5.8. Yeah. 5.8 oh, so then back. It's not bad. 5.8. I mean, so you yeah. save what? Three? And you hate yourself. I didn't hate it. I you thought it was myself. cool. And it was something quite nice about going to a rock festival in a Prius. There was actually a Prius parked outside my house this evening. There's not when a I, rock. When I got him. 
can't say I didn't spit on it. <laughs> if Larry David can drive a Prius, then I can drive nah. a Prius. He upgraded to an I3, though. Did he? To be fair. In the new episode? Yeah. New season? Mm-hmm. Mm, sell out. <laughs> um, so I was away in Cape Town, as you know, mm-hmm. and um, I went down to Cape Town to drive the new Porsche McCann. Oh. There you go. You like that? Yeah. The, the base model. The two-liter uh, base model. Which I actually have a real problem with that. Why? What I have a problem with all Porsches that aren't sports cars. Mm. Okay. Uh-huh. But you because just have to. It's a, nece- it's a necessary evil in this day and age. You can't just say, I'm going to make sports cars because see, that's all. The problem I have with it is, is a Porsche used to be aspirational. You, you, yeah. you worked hard to want to drive and buy a Porsche. But we still do. No. Yeah. And a Dove does. Mike Everyone does. drives a Porsche now because they're so good. Yeah, yeah. they are good. They no, are no, but it's class. I mean, no. what is that? Is that the base one that that's uh, like seven hundred fifty grand? Uh, what the, the McCann? Yeah, this is eight hundred and forty nine. So just okay. to give you some context, Starting. in pricing starts at that's eight forty nine for a base spec two liter four cylinder McCann. What doesn't it? So have? it's a it's a McCann GTR. It's basically a McCann. I mean, Porsche don't say it's got the yeah. same engine, but you know it's the same engine. It has its own head and its own software, etc. But what but, doesn't it have for 849? I mean, could you realistically order one at 849? Yeah, it's got... Um, so what they did is they've updated... They've done some minor uh, cosmetic tweaks on the exterior. And inside, you've got a better interior. They've got that nice big PCM screen, that big HD screen that's inside the Panamera. Very nice. Yeah. Um, everything that, that you want... Is a touchscreen. It is touchscreen, <sighs> but what? Everything's touchscreen. But then... Why? It's because when you're driving, a touchscreen is impractical. Yeah, but you can still control because it with the steering wheel controls as well. Yeah, what if you want to change the climate control? You do it so you can do it on the center console. On a touchscreen? Yes, no. No, so, oh, it doesn't no, have no. buttons for climate. So unlike the Panamera, which has that new glass haptic yeah, yeah, feedback yeah. thing, the McCann still has the old school analog Okay. Well, I like this. So it kind of it's actually it actually it's it's actually quite cool because you've okay. got you've got new age here and you've got you and I both agree on that. So if you say it's mm. okay, but what but are we saying? Are we saying that it's okay now to have a McCann with a, a GTI engine? I'm so what are we saying? This a Volkswagen. Well, look, it's a Fox. Is that okay? What well, would it weigh? We, look, we can't be light. It's got to be two tons. Eighteen, nineteen hundred. Yeah, it's around about the. You can feel it. You need to rev this car mm-hmm. more than you would if it was. A that's GTI. not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it does everything very well. I mean, McCann's always been a, a fantastic SUV. Is it four-wheel drive or front-wheel drive? It's all-wheel drive, but it has a nice rear-wheel drive bias to it when, okay. you, when you start getting into did it. Did you give it a little bit through yeah, corners? It's basically a Golf R. Yeah, I did. It I is. We weren't invited. Probably uses a Golf R drivetrain. We drive one of those. It's very good. Mm. So we can say we've driven a, the new McCann. <clears> hmm. <throat> Well, why not else they'll put that We've driven a lightweight McCann. Just, yeah. but just to give you some 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 pricing context. Yeah. Eight forty nine. It's only about twelve grand more than the equivalent Stelvio, and it is about seventy something thousand rand cheaper than the equivalent F Pace. Oh, okay. So it's well priced. It's well priced. It's competitively priced. Why would I not buy the previous generation though? Because it's still very new. How long has it been out? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they I haven't done a lot to change it. They haven't done. I do prefer the rear of the old one. I, I don't like the fact that they've made the the lights more Panamera K. Well, they've got the I, light I, bar going yeah, through, which is nice. No, I, I like the old so one. So, Tom, is this an all new model? or Is this a facelift? No, it's just facelift. a facelift. In its cari- in mm-hmm. its uh, price category, I'm not sure that I, that there's anything I'd take over and above. Well, no, still, honestly, why would you have that over a Golf or an Evoque? Because it's a Porsche. Because oh, it's a Porsche. You're getting it's, a Porsche. It's a Golf. 
Underneath, it's a it VW Porsche. Port. I know, but it says Porsche. It's actually yeah. a previous Does generation. Does it have more space than a Golf? Yes. Inside? Yeah. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Yep. No. It's a previous generation Q5 yeah. um, platform shell okay. with sounds like Golf R mechanicals. Mm. Interesting. So, so, so the mix and match, VW famous for it. You want to talk Golf? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Rumor Mill mm-hmm. says that Volkswagen is working on a Golf R Plus, with rumored to be 300 kilowatts. Hmm. Wow, that's a lot of kilowatts. What do you think about that? I like that. You like that? Where will it well, end? I like a golf. Probably be about a million rand. We drove a Golf R actually last week, that, and it's, a, it's an annoyingly good car. Fantastic. It does everything. So well. you two got together to kind of drive a Golf R? No, it was parked here. Yeah. Uh, we had it brought to us. Oh, I do mm. recall that. Mm. It was lovely. I should have driven that. Mm. Do you want to hear something? Excellent. You couldn't. You were. You had to go. Something that sounds awful, which not even I would do. Um, a man, a Dutchman actually, uh, from Holland, decided that he was going to do the world's longest journey in an EV, okay. electric vehicle. So he decided to go from the Netherlands to Sydney, and he had to recharge his car every 200 kilometers. Do you know how long this whole oh thing took? That's painful. It took two years. <laughs> it took just over three years. Oh just over like three years. Why would you want to do such a oh thing? Oh my god, that's painful. Why would you want to do such so a thing? So it charged it every two hundred k for a day. Yeah. Oh. And he was going about how if he did this in a petrol car, he would have saved. He would have had to spend something like I don't know. I think it was like four thousand euros worth of petrol or something. Someone like should have just given him yeah, a cash. But I was like, done it in a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly, in a month. <laughs> so how much, you know, I mean, the time uh, versus money curve. How, how much of the time was it charging? How yeah. long? I'm just interested. Very interesting. And how much more money did he spend on hotels waiting for his car yeah. to charge? But I mean, and food and yeah. Well, he was using other people's electricity. Yeah. It's I mean, it's like, can I plug in my cell phone? <laughs> he went, yeah. oh, honey, do you mind if I just borrow your plug? <laughs> Next thing oh, that like electricity builds into the roof. It's just such a ridiculous thing. It is. Uh, if waited a year, it would have been half the time. And apparently he went through the, the Australian outback. And Jeez. where do you get power you out in the outback? <laughs> you have to have a power station drive up next to yeah, you. Yeah, one monstrously long extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> or a nice solar panel on the roof. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds like a man with way too much time on his Yeah, he, he had three years to do that. Like, yeah. Clearly a Dutch man. What exactly was he doing while it was charging? I don't know. Reading a book? What do Dutch people do in their spare time? Ride bicycles. Grow flowers. Wear clogs. Make salty licorice. Smoke. Or participate in in interesting shows. (laughs) Smoke That's true, <laughs> and and have a, and have a smoke and a cry. Yeah. <laughs> Stop generalizing. I'm Dutch from people. Holland. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, so I have a lot of colleagues in the motoring Aren't industry. Are you from Holland, Mark? I am He's indeed. <laughs> okay, moving on from that. Okay. Enough stereotyping. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, I have lots of colleagues in the South African motoring journalism game. Okay, and they belong to something called Car of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know which car won this year? I'm going to say Volvo. Julia? No. no. Honda Civic Type R. Should have, but didn't. It won the hot tub oh, category. I think it was a Porsche. Mm-mm. No, last year was a Porsche. Last was it two years ago? Three years was a Porsche. Must have put you out your misery. Collective Please. misery. Please. They, they, they decided to go with the Mercedes Benz A Class. Oh, which really? looks like a nice car. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm very against this new A-Class. <laughs> Why? It's better than the last one. No, 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 no. looks wise, the, the, the last one had a beautiful proportion to it. 
the, the rear windows were too small, which made it have a nice, like a nice stance to it. The new one just looks, it's basically like a, a two or one series. I don't know. It's much better no, to drive. I quite like the new one. The old one was I like the interior. Was abysmal. It was interior terrible. is amazing. No, but you're like obsessed with Mercs. I am kind of really a good cars. Impartial diesel ones. <laughs> Hmm. So that's so yeah. The okay, A-class so congratulations yeah, to Mercedes for the uh, car yeah. of the year. It should have been yeah. the Civic. Yeah, we'd love to drive one. So what were the other categories? Because it was more than just the outright winner. No, there's not. This is the only car competition in the world where uh, where there's one category. You, that's there's it. one category. It's and, ridiculous. And it can be anything. It can be a Prius versus a, a diesel versus a hot hatch versus. Well, a luxury luxury. have an A-class up against a. 488 Pista. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there was a Porsche in the mix. <laughs> I, I, for one, actually, am a little bit embarrassed that I didn't know that this had happened. Because, I mean, like, we You're are journalists guy. and like, car guys. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe maybe we should start our own awards. That's what yeah. I was going to say. With with actual categories. So so here's the thing. We can have nice. a high yeah. award. We can have a performance sedan. We can have the best SUV. We can have... Fantastic. Best yeah. engine. Best engine. We should have the 2019 Cargumentative... Car awards, fantastic! Okay. Done. Can so we? Should our listeners submit um, submit their nominations. Well, perhaps? they should they should maybe yeah. submit categories. Mm. Can we not? What kind yes, of categories do they idea. think we should be judging? Can on? we not get readers to submit their cars and we'll pick them and, and we can judge which one we think is the coolest? That's actually quite maybe. cool. We can, we can have like that. A, yeah, let's do that. Well, yeah. we can have that in the used car section. Mm. Then we can have new cars. Okay, and we'll work out the nitty gritty. Sounds well, like maybe, a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds good. For so a show to come. We're going to work on that. Mm. Uh, but before we do, we're going to have a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to save or slaughter a motoring sacred car. Young people are making their mark. Get up. Tune into the Sabenza Live Behind the Hustle podcast every Tuesday to find out more about what fascinating careers are out there. You can find us on the Sabenza Live website or you can follow us on Twitter on Sabenza Live. Sabenza boy. Sabenza girl. Sabenza. Yavamdanam. Welcome back to Car Argumentative. Guys, this is our first segment of Sacred Car. Sacred Car? Sacred Car. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. So, a sacred car, you know, in the motoring world, basically, it's referring to an icon. Something famous. Something that uh, everybody knows. Everybody... Because certain religions have sacred cows. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you so. see. A bit slow. Huh? Okay, I got it. Yeah. It's pretty good, huh? So, the car... But it often transcends... It's so big that it, it transcends the automotive world. It's something it transcends iconic. itself. It's it's something that you know non-motoring people, lay people know. Uh, it's gone into okay. it's, it's a big deal, an icon. It's okay. an icon. So, so what is the first one? So the first icon is the Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, oh God! Uh, and everybody here what? grunts. Why? No, not at all. What an absolute disaster of a car! But why? Oh, can I can I just say that as people who like cars beginning with P. Let me just say that they and have I nothing to do with each other. Besides they do. No, a bit of history. Well, well, hold on. A bit of history. No, hold on. No, I just want to ask a quick question and I'm, I'm asking this in more seriousness because I've never been in a 356. I have. Is a 356 a Beetle? It feels very much like a Beetle. I've, I've driven 
I've driven a Beetle. I've driven a 356. Um, they feel pretty much exactly the same uh, in terms of power. Okay, so if um, I've driven a Beetle, I've driven a 356. The Beetle had a better seating position. Oh. More, it was more comfortable. The gearbox was better. The brakes were actually better. The gearbox was better because actually I'd say that's probably the, the worst part of a Beetle. Well, in the 356 I drove, it was not good. And in, in fact, I drove the Nadeau. same. The suspension mm. the same? Yeah, I think they Torsion, torsion bars? Yeah, torsion bars. Torsion bars. But no, the, the components aren't shared. And I think, to be fair, most of the 356s we drive maybe early 60s cars. Mm. Some of the Beetles we drive might have, might have been 70s and 80s cars. Yeah. So it's not totally comparable. Well, one of the things uh, I know that is definitely different is a 356 has a monocoque body chassis that's that's true and a beetle has a floor pan with a, a big body difference. on top yeah. so it's more wobbly mm. Mm. it's true mm. so so but i mean does it matter at 12 k's an hour no it doesn't well, <laughs> well okay so so let's talk about any do any of us actually have any history with beetles i yeah. mean is well my I family mean, had some you know i mean my uncle and my aunt had one and uh then they looked after one for a friend who lives in Hamburg and used to come out to their farm every year. And I got to drive that car eventually. I was like, listen, I really want to know what these cars are about. But don't we, don't we need to introduce the Beetle as the sacred car? We, yeah, so tell us yeah. why. Why is it so amazing? So, what do people love about it? So the, well, they made 21 million, I think, of them. I think, Wasn't I think it like it was the most big. produced car? I think it's the most produced car of all time. For the longest period as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, so from the 50s to the 2000s. No, the 2000s. They no, made them in, from made the in Mexico. When did they start making them? 40s. Oh, 40s. 40s. Te- technically, the, okay. technically, the. Straight after World War II. Or was, well, didn't, didn't they actually make a prototype in before? During, yeah. Yeah, during yeah. World War II. Though. Like 39. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so and then all the way to the 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In yeah, Brazil, is that right? Brazil, correct. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I mean in Brazil. Mexico. Sorry, sorry, not Mexico. Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Was it Mexico? Was it Mexico? I got sure. right. Woo-hoo. Maybe uh, it was both. Maybe it was both. Yeah, well, okay. well, the summer van was in uh, in uh, Brazil, but that's for another that's for another discussion. No, it was the factories in Pueblo, Mexico. I actually drove one of the last Beetles to ever come off the production. Line. Oh wow! Yeah, at the launch of the new new Beetle. Unlucky you. Hmm. No, it, that car was fantastic. That car had sure. air conditioning. Really? Yeah. Really? It had air conditioning, I remember. Um, Did the aircon work at the same time as the engine? Could you do uh, both at the same yeah, time? Yeah, I think you could, but I was in Berlin, so I didn't really oh, have to have it nice. on. Um, and um, very cool car. But So the Beetle is just famous because it, you know, it's, it's this car that's been around for as long as anybody cares to remember. Um, it's, it's been in movies, Herbie. It's, as a, it's as a kid okay, So officially it's they made it from 1938 to 2003. And it says Brazil. Mm. Yeah, sounds about right. Mm. So, so, I mean, it's completely timeless. Even today, there are custom beetles driving around. There are still beetles. You'll see probably at least once a week you'll see a beetle driving yeah. around. It's instantly recognizable. And, I mean, they... I don't know. They're just there's something cool about them. I, I grew up with one, and it's an interesting story that we came from Zim in '82. My late mother had a '61 Beetle, which was quite cool because it was the last one that didn't have a fuel fuel gauge. So oh, when yeah. you would run out of fuel, you'd feel the car starting to stutter, and you'd have to kick it over to a reserve tank. Um, and about 15 years ago, that car had been sitting in our driveway, and it was the floor pan was rotting and I mean those things weren't galvanized and actually I gave it away um, and funny, I funny, gave it away this, I gave it away yeah and I actually put a, a, a notice on a on a Facebook um, air cooled site 
in South Africa asking if anyone has seen that car because I'd like to buy it back and I'd restore it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a car that's worth restoring. Cause Sorry, I, mean, I, I read a bit further and yes. the last one was actually produced in Mexico. The Dove wins. Thank and you. me. I said Mexico oh, and first. You. And you. All right. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is that, it's an iconic car. It's up there with the Mini and... Well, it's also very, it was very affordable. So they were cheap as chips. So yeah. students used to drive them. They well, were popular with like that era, that age of person. Well, so I think it's always 18 been, to 25 year olds. It's always been them. popular with people who wanted a, a simple car that was easy to fix. I yeah. mean, it's not, it, it, it's not a hugely complicated car. No, it's hard to break. I it's think. very hard to break. Um, Apparently the easiest car to learn how to fix. But, but also there's some very cool variants, like an SP. Oh, the SP. What is the SP? So the SP was basically like a 1600S, but it had uh, dual carbs. A carb per bank, call it that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it had a rev counter, which went all the way up to 4,500. <laughs> was it a diesel? No, but that's how high they rev. It's just, you know. <laughs> okay, so. And beach buggies. And what about a Baja bug? Yeah, Baja so there were lots of. Awesome. Yeah, those were cool, I suppose. I mean, they, they like bred other things. Yeah, you take the fenders off, it just looks cool. But I want to know why... So that's why they were the sacred cows, because, I don't know, I suppose... Well, they just are... People uh, that really didn't care about cars loved them. But they didn't have to... They but, wanted transport. But it was all mean, about transport. But would you say that a sacred cow is one that is iconic, but actually is shit to drive? Yeah, because, I mean, like because this that, is, that would be the whole point of this thing. Yeah, it looks like this is, because this, I, I don't believe these things are great to drive, but they got you from home to varsity... Or, or from here to or Cape to Town, the jaw, or, or wherever you wanted to go, yeah. So that's what made them but important, I suppose. Why don't you? I'm being stared at by Nadav. If I mean, if, no. <laughs> well, the whole thing if is just shooting. You feel the heat. A Volkswagen yeah. is a people's car. Yeah, and that's what it was about. No, so I mean, mobilizing the, the The Beetle has been iconic for different reasons for more than one generation. That's what's so interesting about it. I think is that it, you know initially it. Um, it came out of the ashes of World War Two. Um, Beetle production was restarted in Germany. It brought Germany enormous amount of income. It was mm. a popular car. It did. It was designed to mobilize the masses under the Nazi regime, under Hitler, and it um, ended up mobilizing the masses in any case when it was actually reinstated by the Americans. Um, and uh, it then became an icon for the following generation in the 60s so it turned the fascism the yeah it turned the fascist yeah, yeah. roots on their head and started representing freedom and freedom yeah. of choice and um, it was a it, it's iconic in many different ways for many different people for many different generations and the truth the, and, and I get that and it, that's not going to change it's always going to be an icon that's already a fact mm. question is should it be and my opinion is having driven it it's truly awful. I don't know. It was oh. it was terribly agricultural. It was terribly slow. I didn't think it was easy to live with, but there's easy so many to drive. Cars of that era that so it's probably like the that. same as no, like the Fiat 500. Yeah, it's a terrible look. Look at Mark's bus. Okay, but if if you've Shut ever up. driven a, if you've ever driven a, so I'm talking about a, <laughs> oh, Mark's bus. <laughs> Do you remember that VW ad? Mm. Where the father passes the keys yeah. to his son. I think it was a yellow one. Huh? It was a yellow one, yeah. yeah that was pretty cool. I it mean, cool. so that's... Right, that pulls the, at the heartstrings. It there's, does. There's all that's kinds of... There's a lot of emotion associated, and it's transcended the fact that it's an automobile, automobile alone. But yeah. if we bring it back to its automobile roots, it's this awful, low-revving, noisy, yeah. flat four. Yeah. It doesn't have any power. It's upright seating position. It's horrible to drive. And if you compare it, you know... 
maybe it was something special and unique when it was released in in the late 30s early 40s but by the time the 60s came around with something like the mini to compare it to a mini oh, yeah, no. almost there's there's no comparison no, to drive a mini yeah but the mini is still modern fairness, to drive yeah but it was um, i mean the mini was like 20 years newer and it was sure different so, tech so maybe it was, it was time for the beetle to to have its die. day and it never did sure Just but you still did. see more beetles running around the streets and you do minis also yeah true. but that's only because so people when they get off the road they just put their mini in their bag and go inside <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah that comes down to build quality and simplicity yeah the mini was actually a complex thing yeah it was very good it was but i it mean that yeah. can be difficult to make but um yeah. i mean i think we, we've talked about the beetle for a fair amount of time let's talk about a poll here quickly um, all those oh, are you ready for the IT people to make a new poll for us for next well, week? Well, yes, but let's just see what our room, what this little room is uh, is thinking. Right. I'm I'm for the beetle. I'm totally for the. E- I'm not taking out my axe. Yeah, you know what? To live, you've, you've kind of swayed me. I think as as a mode of transportation, that um, yeah, that's cheap and easy to maintain. I'm for it. As a car, I'm not. But they're cool. But I'll be for it because of that. Yeah, I'm going to stay against it. There's Seriously. lots of other cars like Renaults and Minis and things that might have superseded it or been compatriots at the time that were perhaps better or even more innovative or innovative in a different way. It's never going to stop being an icon and the world will be poorer for it not having existed. But uh, is it a good thing to drive in 2019? Mm, maybe don't visit your heroes. <laughs> that would be my advice. So for the poll, uh, visit our Instagram page at Cogumentative. Um, Tom, it's going to be on our on the on the website as well. Yeah, we'll post it. Um, and for the hate mail, it's at NBR nine eleven Gmail. Send all your air-cooled hate towards me, yeah. <laughs> guys. Yeah. So there we go. First sacred car, and it lives. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have another argument. This aircon is racist. For the latest political news and in-depth discussion and analysis on events making headlines in South Africa's socio-political space. Join myself, Amil Amral, and my comrades from the Sunday Times Politics Desk for our Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast. You can find new weekly episodes on the Times Live website every Wednesday. This is not a shit. Can you please come Welcome back to Cargumentative. Guys, in this segment, we're going to chat about a little thing known as patina. Mm. And uh, mm. you're a words man. I'm not a words man. Well, you, you like to think you're so a words So I must not define it, what I think it means. That's right, Mark Paluda. Tell, tell everybody out there what patina is. I think patina is wear. Yeah. So it's, it's like, imagine an old leather couch mm. that shows all its creases and wear marks and an old haggard face yo and it's better for it so it's it's the way it's like the jeans we wear now with like the faded patches that haven't gone away that's a good analogy yeah everyone has that now yeah so it started about 10 years ago and never went out of fashion Mm. so those are like patina jeans they used to be they used to be plain blue and now they've got like a lighter blue i call it the marks of age the marks of age i like it like wrinkles i like it Hmm. but there's so the, the 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 controversy about patina is that everybody has a different 
as a different definition for where patina stops oh, yeah. and uh, just plain haggard where begins. Exactly. You know? So that couch yeah. example is a great one. Yeah, okay. because we're talking about, it's obviously, it refers to cars in this, in this instance. And um, so when is it awesome and when is it time to have a respray? Mm. Well, let's just talk about it in the context of the, of the classic car market. So yeah. what's become very... Very um, sought uh, after. Well, sought after. Or is, desired. Is, is, is pre, you know, desired is preservation stuff rather than restoration stuff. And it's, it's starting to become a little bit contrived, in my opinion. So you, what you'll do is, is now the, 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 the buzzword is a barn find. So finding a car that's unrestored and it's been sitting in a barn for 20 years and they take it to auction without even cleaning the dust off it. Mm-hmm. Or the pigeon so, shit that's and, just, and, yeah, 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 that's the, ridiculous. Yeah, the pigeon shit and the dust and, and, and somehow, because it has that on it, it's considered a little bit more valuable. And, I mean, I just simply don't get it. So, they, they, yeah, they're considered a time warp. So someone put it away in the 70s and no one has touched it since and now it's in its original state. But it's unusable. So it's an absolute waste. Yeah, because as soon as you go over 100, all that dust is going to blow off. And so all the feathers yeah. are going to come out of the... If you, know, you want to open the door, you're going to get rid of all the so dust. That's, so the one end of patina is, may, is maybe the barn fund. And then yes. the other end is, is obviously the... The full restoration, absolutely, so or the or the uh, let's call it the over restored car. Over restored car. So you take a car that's running, that's mm. presentable, mm. that has all its bits and pieces, but shows a life of, of neglect. Care. No, not of neglect, of care. Yeah. So no, it's, it's made. It's, it's, it's a fifty. Let's say it's a fifty-year-old mm. car, but it's made it this far with all its bits intact, and its its dignity, and it tells a story, and there's the marks on the seats, and the leather's mm. creased. And so you take all that away when you restore it back to new. And I think that that's a shame. You've lost a story there. So I've got an interesting story about this, and it relates to a car that I restored myself. You mean the, the Alpha that the was alpha. green? The Alpha that was green. Red, for so example. you guys always bring this up. So when I bought that car, I found it in a barn, in a garage, covered in dust and chicken pigeon poo. Guano. And I considered just cleaning it and keeping it the way it was. The problem is it had had a really bad respray in its life. So what do you do? Now you're faced with, do I strip it back and take it to its original color or do I just leave it and live with it and really not like it a lot? So I chose the le- the, the, the first former. Option. Yeah, the former. former. Mm. Well, well, I mean... It, it, so it has to be preserved. It has to be original and preserved and looked after. Original being the operative word here. You have to keep it nice. As soon as it shows mm. neglect, I mm. think it's terrible. Exactly. You don't want to live with it. So like if you're picking up a classic car... You want something that still has its original paint that hasn't, you know, been resprayed somewhere along the line badly, and now you've got like no, this exactly. weird like and Mark's clear coat coming off. Your three no, it's, it's been resprayed. Has it? Well, it's been resprayed in. It's had it's had blow over basically. But if you look at the switch gear and everything, it shows it, it's had a, a life, a good life. Yes, it has. It's been looked after, yeah. and it's been enjoyed. Yeah, and that's cool. I think the Diablo is probably the the closest that hasn't had a respray. The seats are starting I to like show that. a little bit of sign of 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 wear. Um, and I'm, and funny enough, I, I don't want to restore for the reason that I think once you've got it too perfect, you, you don't want to use it. Want to use it. But yeah. then also, this over restoration thing, I think that it just it doesn't look right. You know. Well, also they never I built them that well absolutely. in the factories in those days. So what I do think, what I do like is I, some cars. They it needs a respray. So you know the 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 E the 911 E uh, the, the orange car needs a respray at some point in time. And then we'll do it. But the, what's going to be important to me 
is to, to develop some patina after that. So well, not, keep, the, yeah. not keep it perfect. Let it, let it become patinated. Well, that's the thing. Like people say, don't respray your car because then you've lost. But then I disagree with that completely. By, by respraying it, you allowing yourself a clean sheet of paper to make your own story. Look, so it's you get spray jobs and spray jobs. Huh? It's very important that if you're going to have something respray, that you have it done properly. That mm. really is something that it's very I'm sorry, hard to go back. What did you just say? Yeah, what did you? Just if say? you want it done properly, yes. But you've told me that. <laughs> it was done. I'm properly. shocked. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I wish you would practice what you preached. I, okay, so so I restored People my are listening car. to you. Listen to, me. Listen to me. Hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, mm. I had a car yes. resprayed <laughs> yes. at no expense spared. Once upon a time, <laughs> what basically. car was it? An Alpha Spider. Yeah, no expenses. And, and I can tell you, hello. they got that. I can wrong. tell you, I'm yeah. not happy with it at all. Mm. Lesson learned. And I don't want to use the thing. Because I'm too scared of it being scratched, and but you, but but then you're creating your own your own story. You're mm. creating that patina. It's like you went back in time and you purchased that car back in the day. Yeah, and now you're using that now, and you're creating your own. You know, question. Yes. Do scratches count as patina? Because I don't think they do. I, I think actually what you're looking for is is like wear. Like so it's sort like of sun damage. It's, it's subtle. Uh, Takes so like long. You, you can no. It's, it's it's on the paint. I think it's just it's hard to explain like what you're looking for. But you definitely don't want scratches. That 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 literally yeah. is irritating as hell. Well, Which, I mean, here's dense. a great here's a good example. I always think of this as an example of patina. If you're if you've got a a, a tread plate, um, so you know you open the door mm. and on the door sill. There's often the manufacturer, the car manufacturer's name, mm. um, and it's often there in some other form. It's painted or it's put in a piece of plastic or something. And on the driver's side, as the driver climbs in and out over the course of 20, 30, 40, 50 years, a sort of aware line appears in the middle of that um, of, of, of that tread plate there. And uh, that's patina. Mm. So that tells you about every single time someone's climbed in and out mm. and had a good time or a bad time. And yeah, uh, that's cool. I like that. You can yeah. see that in the in the wear. And it doesn't detract from the car and it doesn't detract from the drive. And that's something I like to see. But we've been using this term, we've been throwing it around called neglect. And I think the big problem is that everybody's definition of either patina or neglect differs. So we know that Thomas's definition of um, patina is, you know, if it's got, you know, a slight pockmark in the left-sided mirror, whereas, you know, our definition of patina is, well, you know, so 50 years of good living, you know. Um, so everyone's definition also, differs. we've got know? to remember that a car, let's use your 308 as an example. When it started off its life, it was the best Ferrari. Well, the, the newest, greatest Ferrari. It was like going out now and mm. buying a... a 488. Exactly. 488. Yeah, so people loved it and they cleaned it in every day. Scuderia. But then when it was 20 years Rosa old, Rosa. it was the 20-year-old Ferrari. Yeah, it was and like, it went oh. through a life of being left outside and no one really mm. washed it, maybe. So you just described the last 13 years with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> service, and then it starts coming into its own again and yeah. someone starts loving it again yeah. and looking after it. So oh. it goes, all of these cars. I had a, my, my white 911 was left out in the sun for many years at some point in its life. And yeah, I had to redo bits of it to get it back to what it is now i saw it before it got sprayed exactly Remember, yeah. certainly the best bit of patina i've seen is on a, a merc sls mm. um it's a silver one mm. i saw it at the festival the of, of motoring it's a very high oh, mileage yeah. car. it's got like nearly a hundred thousand k's mm -hmm. but the guy does stupid speeds 
on uh, all the long time. journeys yeah. and his headlights are so they're, they're clouded it's over from they're basically sandblasted the, the front number plate mm. is is basically like illegible uh, it, yeah. has, it has virtually no paint on mm-hmm. it um, and I love that I absolutely love it good call. that's kind of cool yeah. That is great. Because it doesn't take much to actually fix that. No, you just get But it takes years of driving to get it to that point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like getting a husky voice, you know. You've got yeah. to do whiskey and smoke for a long time. Exactly. You've got to earn it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's rock and roll, man. It, it is. is. Yeah. So in closing, patina. Yeah, I think I think there are varying, varying depths of patina. Mm. And I think if it's honest way on something that's well looked after mm. over many years, it's cool. And it's worth keeping if it is. Yeah, sure, but if it's if it's too far gone and you can't enjoy it anymore and it's ugly, it's also a, it's a personal thing. So yeah. and it gives you time, well, a chance to start afresh and create your own exactly. story. With but but the biggest thing is you can never get it back once you've taken it away. Mm. Mm. You can't right. But there's always another chance to make some more. Exactly. Make your stories. Guys. And that's the nice thing about these cars that we own is that we can just keep reinventing them. Mm. They get old and worn out, and you go and buy new parts, put them on, start again. Like Max Buzz. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice bus. The Honestly. subject of another show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a whole show. Well, yeah. we continue to chuckle heartily at uh, Mike's bus. We're going to take a quick break and uh, return to answer some questions. Cool. Join me, Paul Ash in a beautiful soundscape as we explore the world in the Sunday Times Travel Podcast. Find it at sundaytimes.co.za Welcome back to Cargumentative. Guys, we've got some good news here. A real listener actually mailed us what no. yeah i don't believe it no. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just want to note like when, when, when when people interact with us like and say we like argumentative or they ask questions and mm. stuff we we seriously love it we do we do yeah. love it so it's hard to believe it's people so awesome. listen and he's international <gasps> oh. nick the car guy says i'm now based in london hmm. and get to work via public transport why not it works hmm. Um, debating whether to get a car for the odd use by my wife in the week as we have a nine-week-old, nine-week-old, must be a baby, would be a cat or a dog, Um, looking to buy something that will hold its value, appreciate from about 20,000 pounds, which is about 400 grand, 400,000 grand, is it? Okay. I have narrowed it down to a B7 RS4 Vent. So mm. a B7 RS4 Vent is an Audi. Is the Audi A4. Correct. What year is that? B7s were? 2006-ish. Yeah, yeah, around about there. Okay, so that's the one after the one I like. No, it's the one you like. Is it the one I like? Ooh. It's 4.2 the, it's the, V8. The, it's 4.2 the one that came V8. out of the V8, like yeah. manual V8. Ooh. With just Ooh. a sports awesome button sound. on the wheel. That's okay. all. There was Same engine as the Audi, t- yeah, the yeah. Audi R8. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, he says, I have narrowed it down to a B7 RS4 event or a Porsche 996 C4S with a 2D box on the roof. I thought we weren't going to mention 911s. Laughing at Someone else Okay, did. someone else did. Fair. Would be great to hear what you guys think. And if you have 
any other suggestions? So, so I think the important thing is that in in the UK, twenty thousand pounds like goes quite far. It's a lot of um, car. No. Mm. no, no, I'm saying like there's a lot, a lot of options yeah, yeah, there. That's I, what mean, I mean, I mean, just as an as an interesting um, option, uh, Paul, our friend, he actually put it out to the Cars and Coffee Group recently, saying twenty thousand oh, yeah, pounds, Bentley, yeah. Bentley Continental GT. Yeah. Now I know actually, that's not the question. Um, we, I think we should stick to this, but in, in the UK, there's a lot of... Well, £20,000 seems like a lot for a B7 RS4, because aren't they like 250 grand cars here? Mm. You'd have, have to, to find a, a good one, and a good an one would be about you're, you're, 400, and you'd yeah. have to find the Avant first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. I like both those cars. I Me really too. do, and I think they both could work with a nine-week-old. Mm, a nine-week-old nine nine and the Wafi. Debating whether to get a car for the odd oh, yeah, use by my wife in the week as we have a nine-week-old. So odd use by the wife, and then I'm assuming his more use on the weekend. So yeah. which would be oh, a nice weekend? He wants to be able to enjoy it as well. You know, I understand that. You've got this exact same problem. <laughs> this man, Nick the car guy, as yeah. a shirt. Are you could sure this, it's not you? Could yeah, this well, be uh, did, did you actually uh, send this in? Yeah, I actually sent this in. You know, I kind of <laughs> changed a few of the details. Um, Just use pounds instead of <laughs> clever. I like that. So I don't have a nine-week-old anymore. She's she's almost yeah. two, but uh, okay. there's still uh, there's still issues related to carrying a child and uh, needing needing the flexibility to put her in safely. Um, so I understand his concern, but you, you also don't want to, you know, you don't want to have to sell out completely. You, you want to have your cake and eat it. You want to be able to transport the kids safely, but still have fun uh, if you take the car out for a night drive mm. or a weekend. And I they live that. in London, right? Yeah. That's what you So said, they're going to yeah. have to park it in the street. Yeah, they which might. Is fine, which is fine for both of them. I mean, they're both modern cars, but yeah. here's the thing. So the, 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 they're both phenomenal cars, but mm, good choices. The, the one, mm. yeah, really good choices. But the one is for all three of them plus a bit of kit, whereas the other is two of them. And, yeah. and a tule and, box. And, and, and a tule box to put a pram in is probably challenging. Our friend Jacques puts well, a car seat in the back of his 997. There's no reason the why belt. the three of them can't go in the 911. It's just where would you put the pram? Mm. In the front. In the front? Yeah, or you yeah, could if you get small ones. But no, you got one that'll fit in oh, your front. Listen, I've done it, so it's 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 obviously you less put a pram in the in the front. Yeah, not in the front, no. But I've been I can with the three of us plus the pram and the baby clubber can all go in a 911. Can't you just get but the wife uh, to wear one of those things? That oh yeah, but then, <laughs> but then wife is going to always need a, So the, the use of a pram, back, is we don't like actually it. use a pram for a lot, very long time. So now that you're nine weeks old, you feel like you the, the kid's married to its pram, but that won't last oh, very long. Oh, no, 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 that's no. where you're wrong. You move on to Australia, which yeah. is a lot easier. No, but Australia will fit in the front. Anyway, I would go with the RS4. RS4. Because it's more practical, it sounds better. Um... I think it's cooler. I think it's cooler as well. Mm. Fantastic. If, if it was the if, mm. if it was the sedan, if the question was it the sedan or the nine nine six, I'd go for the nine nine six. I still go with the sedan. Well, yeah. personally, I, no. I, 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 but I, an Avant is cool. Yeah, Avant's amazing. Yeah. I think the interior of that Audi is actually quite a little bit nicer than the nine nine six generation. Yeah. Well, well, listen, um, I, I I drove one of these uh, B seven RS fours. A fr- friend of mine's got one, and the interior has not aged well. No, at all. but it's better than a nine nine six. Well, we. we we drove that 996. Remember that one, which I should have mm-hmm. bought. Yes, another should have. The one that got away. Yeah. yeah, so many of them. The, did the B7 were, only come in manual? Yeah. Oh, that's also fantastic. Mm-hmm. There were no rattles or squeaks in that 996. That's so true. But that, uh, that Audi was, was really? awful, terrible. Okay. But Audi generally make good interiors, so that it oh. should last. If it's especially at twenty thousand pounds, I'm telling you, it's a good one. 
It's a low mileage, good car. My oh. friend has an A3 from 2011, and it should is we th- awful. Should we throw him another option? Yes, I was going to do that. Can okay. you think of another? You want something that's fun. You want something that kind of blends in a little bit innocuous because people like to vandalize stuff in London. Do they? Mm. Especially if it's parked out on the street. You want something that just blends in, just looks like another car. Mm-hmm. Lexus ISF. Oh, God. Mm. I like it. Lexus I- And also the wife mm. will probably feel more at home in the Lexus because when you're not driving it fast, it just floats along like another IS. Mm, it's also automatic. So it is automatic. You're going to drive it in London. We know. Mm. And we know what London traffic is like. Oh, my What about God. This listener is clearly an enthusiast. This owner is clearly an enthusiast. He's yes. chosen two cars that are, are manual. I'll give them another one. Yeah. E46 M3. BMW M3. Mm. Nice choice. Uh, yeah. One. yeah, good car. Cool car. Lovely car. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they're, no, they're not quite the hijack wrist exactly. over there but as they are here. Yeah, but you can't compare it to a, a, a B7 Avant. I mean, the Avant is just going to be. No, I, it's, I ju- think it's you just can. cooler. I mean, it's a it's a V8, four wheel drive. The PM's got one know. of the most amazing straight six engines ever made. It revs I've, to yeah, eight two five zero. That is a fantastic car. It I've, is. I'm not saying it isn't. I just, they both rev to eight two five zero. Actually, so I've I've it driven would, an example. Have, for me, it would come third after those three. Really? I think. Look, if if you're not worried about the image of it, I think the Continental GT is not a bad idea. Is that really in that price bracket? Yeah, yeah. it is. And is I'll it, tell you what else there is. Isn't it crazy uh, on, on service costs? You want something that will appreciate as well. Do you see a Bentley Continental GT? I don't see anything really appreciating. So um, I think that's the, the wrong reason to buy a car. But I don't I think, think the, the Audi will. And possibly an, an Aston DB7, I think, is similar money. Really? Yeah, the six-cylinder. No Isofix. None of them have Isofix. No, have no ISOFIX. but what happens if, if you could just wear that, that thing like from the, from the hangover? Yeah, what is... Like, that straps <laughs> the baby to Exactly, that's what... you've got to get the sunglasses as well. Instead of the pram, you get one of those things that you hang over, over no, the wife. No, and then you don't even need, then you don't even need a, a baby seat because you can put the baby in front of you and and put the seatbelt like yeah, through. Baby, Barry, baby carrier solved a lot of our problems. So, yeah. Is that don't need a pram. Can Absolutely. you do that in a car? No. Have you got a baby carrier? Yeah, of course we do. I want to see a photo of Brilliant. this. Brilliant. I'll find one. What but I, wouldn't, I wanted to say that I've driven an example of both an E46 M3 and a B7 RS4 in the last 12 months, I would yeah. say. Um, both fantastic cars. Um, the E46 is a known quantity. Everyone's always raved about them and for good reason that engine is absolute peach mm. the interior is beautifully yeah. driver focused um, I'd say it's better than the Audis chassis. as well yeah lovely chassis I love that car I thought it was actually brilliant what I was quite surprised about the RS4 is given its age um, how good it was I, I really enjoyed driving it it's a lovely engine um, it's quite a hefty manual gearbox but uh, M3 if I had to choose between the two look I've never driven the B7 I actually really I think doing myself a disservice mm, no, um, nice I, really, a, I really want you know, to no but I'm one. thinking of a sedan B7 so he's put the Vant into the mix Ooh, that makes Ooh, it tough yeah. Vant is cool the Vant Very is just cool. too cool and yeah. that will probably appreciate more than they were quite rare I, yeah, just, I think they're depreciation proof I wouldn't say they'd appreciate yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah. oh, keep it for long enough mm. maybe but a 996 at 20k you'll probably get a cracker huh yeah, you still have a Porsche, and that's cool. So here's the thing. So, but this is exactly my debate: is you're sitting along the middle road of what's practical and what's fun, and they probably straddle exactly the opposite sides of that line. So the question is, if he tries, if he just feels like going out for a drive at night, 
which one will be enjoying more? Yeah, he'd, he'd it's probably the, the 996. It probably is. You, you see, know? we, we overlook the Porsche sports because car. we've all yeah. had Porsches or have Porsches. Yeah. And um, if he hasn't before, in other words, it's a real treat. Yeah. It is. I yeah. expect the RS4 to be great up until seven or eight tenths, and then it's kind of going to start falling apart. So, Whereas the 996 is a real sports car. It's going to start coming into itself as the speeds rise, as the cornering loads. So what we're saying is we really haven't helped him. Yeah, we haven't no. helped him because <laughs> actually, I, I, mean, no. I must admit, it's very tight. I, I personally... B7. I'm going to say personally, go and drive the best ones that you can for that money, whatever they are, and choose the one that on the day ticks the boxes for you and makes you smile. I would uh, say go check out a 996, but not the C4. I'd say try and find the nicest C2 you can get. Good advice. I agree with that. And but the C4 mm. look, it looks better. No, that's it's not a wide body. The, the, C, the C4S is that's what he said. C4S, huh? Yeah, and, and it's a good looking car. And you saw that picture of the black one that had the the lights blackened at the top, so it looks like a, um, a 993 Prestige panel. Did it have a Monster Energy sticker on it as well? No, it didn't. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Tom, what do you say? So I'm going for. Uh, go go find yourself a nice clean 996 C2 drive it if you want something with a little bit more practicality and you want to blend in and you want your wife to enjoy driving it when she does maybe go check out the Lexus ISF I got a curveball hmm? C4S convertible okay Ooh. nah okay. not yeah. sure about that nah. I think so nah. it's easy to put Coupe. things in an art yes <laughs> it is it is like a bucky almost. and for a oh, for lovely me, London summer's day what yeah. a what a what a treat so you call it a traffic jam my, my, my summary is that I'm still struggling with the very same question I haven't solved the problem yet uh, <laughs> but an M3 is not an option for us in South Africa from yeah. a practical point of view uh, in London I think it really is mm. and it's something that could have definitely ticked all my boxes so maybe drive that as well as the other two mm. and see which ones uh, appeal and a Bentley <laughs> and a Bentley <laughs> Just for a laugh. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Enjoy Good luck. the kiddo. Yeah. Let us know which one you choose. Yeah. And send pictures, yeah, of, yeah. of the prospective cars. And the baby, says Paige. Yeah. Okay, producer Paige. Okay, next okay. question, Tom. Um, do we have time for another question, Paige? One more. We've got one more. Okay, this one is kind of cryptic. Mm. Uh, it's a story, and I had to praise it. So bear with me, all right? There's this man called Brent Lindicu or Lindique. Lindique sounds right. Lindique. Right. We're in South Africa, Lindicu. Lindicu. Is it? Like barbecue. That's exactly it. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, Brent decides, because he has a flat tire, he goes to four ways. Says they don't have stock of the tire that he has on his car. Um, so he has to go with Pirelli and replace not one, but all of them. Otherwise, Discovery would not cover him if there was an accident. What? Then Brent was told that he had to get a more expensive derivative of Pirelli tire to appease Discovery's strict rules regarding tires. So he had to pay extra on top of already upgrading. Oh, to is this a true story? Yeah, this is a true story. Then Brent hit up Discovery on social media and Discovery said this was a lie. They have no such rules about brands or mixing tires. So basically, the tire dealer was uh. trying to upsell him upsell him so anyway long story short the tire dealer then phoned back and said listen I lied really yeah I mm. I can give you back your tires um, come 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 back in and we'll sort it out and he was like no 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 I've got I've got my tires now I've paid for them uh, the car is you know safe I've got new rubber on them but he's basically just saying guys like watch out this is what's happening mm. I mean if you don't if you are law abiding citizen who just wants to have a safe car 
and wants what is best for your car. Yeah, look, I, I think I think the tire guy started with something and just grew it into rubbish. Yeah, and I think there is something that there's a grain of truth there. Yeah, there is a, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of truth in it's that. True. I think tires on the same axle need to match each other. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's got to do with different tires having different traction and treads and, because and tread say 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 you've got yep. two Yokohamas up in the front yeah you want them to wear at the same right and you've got two Dunlops at the back yeah that's acceptable so yeah. apparently um, the tires if they're replaced different at, at so if one goes on the same axle and I've even heard this comment around all four if they're different wears that they can affect the drivetrain on four wheel drive cars uh, or the gearbox, uh, let's call it the, the diffs and all that type of thing. Yeah. And, the, and it can cause vibration that can actually damage the cars. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not, but I've, I've had at the um, at, 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 at a, a tire dealer saying, oh, no, this thing, it can't be plugged. It's a problem. It's all this. The reality of it is, check out uh, before a tire uh, before you act on a tire dealer's um, recommendation, just do a little bit of investigation into it. It's like going to a doctor get a yeah. second opinion. Yeah, there is a chance that you could just simply plug it if it's not on the on the sidewall. I mean, mm. like, don't go. I'm not. Mm. I'm not an expert, but it doesn't necessarily mean but all four tires have no, to be sure. changed. But, but on the whole, um, different tires on the same axle thing. Yeah, I think the most practical example is if you're going from dry onto wet. Different tires, different treads, and different manufacturers will deal with water differently. So you got one tire that can disperse water and is very good in the wet, and the other that isn't. I think the car would have a tendency to kind of rotate, mm. not nicely, and that's why they insist on having the same tire. Well, I, think I think your braking. Sorry, I think your braking performance would be affected by that. So the what I wanted to say is, in any industry in 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 modern times, there's opportunity to be unscrupulous, and probably for the consumer, the best advice is to be forewarned is forearmed. I mean, yep. um, tireact.com, blackcircles.com, they're very good websites. Um, there's plenty of resources to teach yourself in in not very complicated terms about um, tires. You know, someone has to take time to read it, but yeah, I mean, a little bit of information goes a long way. So yes, the tires, and I think it is an insurance clause that the tires across an axle need to match, mm. but the tires on the different axles do not. Mm. So there was some something in what the tire dealer was saying was, well, this one's flat. We Perhaps they were both extremely worn, putting a brand new tire on the flat side and leaving the old worn tire was probably a bad thing, particularly if they couldn't replace it like for like with manufacturers. So buying two is a distinct possibility. Buying four, I don't understand it, unless the other two were also, you say all four tires were worn, you know, then yeah. perhaps a recommendation to replace all four would have been okay. Then uh, what to say to, to Mike, cars with limited slip differentials do have a problem with and and very sensitive traction control systems do have a problem with different tread depth on different tires so depending on the percentage difference between the two tires if it's beyond a certain difference in percentage then you do have to replace the two yeah because it can not only keep the the limited slip diff slightly um slightly locked because of the differential turning of the different size tires but it can also fool the traction control system so there is something to that and of course 
in the end you're reliant on someone, a dealer, or perhaps a, a tire dealer that you trust. And that's not necessarily the easiest thing to find. You're very knowledgeable about tires. Yep. Oh, I'll give you that. You. Oh, I'll try. You know. In the end, just question everything. Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But that's true for anything. And yeah. I think, yeah, and I mean, we, as we said before on the show, um, the internet is your friend, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. from restoring or, you know, mechanical faults to tires. Um, a quick Google mm. will make you a little bit more absolutely. enlightened yeah. about what's happening. There's usually time, even at the tire place, to quickly whip out the phone and mm. uh, have yeah. a quick look. Yeah, yeah, check it out. But, I mean, just beware. It's not cool to have to spend more money than you need to, especially when things are tight now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for the uh, thanks for the letter. I think mm. it's, yeah, it's, good. it's very informative. Good. Oh, it's and perhaps good. familiarize yourself with the uh, insurance clauses for your insurer. Mm. Go through those those reams and reams of documents that they send you because sometimes they've got surprises. Mm. That's true. And, uh, yeah, again, for all you listeners out there, um, if you have questions or queries or just want to, you know, say what's up, you can hook us up on Instagram at, at Cargumentative. Hashtag Cargumentative. Um, and on Twitter, just hashtag Cargumentative. We'll, we'll be able to help you out. soon, yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll get a shout-out on the show. Very exciting. <laughs> Guys, awesome. I think that's all we've got time for this week. Um, so from me, Thomas Faulkner, good to be back. Guys, thanks for joining me again in the studio. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Tom. Sure thing. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Cargumentative.